Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Roundtable. Paranormal, three words, Paranormal Roundtable. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me, as always, is my co-host... How you doing, everybody? This is Sal. I'm happy to be here today. Sal, the, <laughs> ma- the man formerly known as Mondo. That's it. That's, you know. uh, he cha- hey, he, if he, Prince he, can do it, I can do it. Well, you were you were going to change your name into a symbol, but I talked you out of it. Thank, yeah, thank it was going to be this weird thing. Well, with- it was it was a, it was a, co- a collaboration project <laughs> oh, yeah. between me and his wife to keep him from changing. And she's like, "Honey, how are you going to make that weird symbol when you sign checks and things like that?" And yeah. Then, the man formerly known as Mondo said, you know what? You're right, honey. I'm just going to You uh, and Wolf have convinced me to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, that's right. Hey, hey, that's that's a military that thing. Would have been, that would have been keep awkward, right? Been going, yeah. be like, your name is this music symbol. That is awesome. Yeah. That, that would have been interesting, you know? <laughs> I don't think you can change your name unless you're famous or wanted by the law. I think those are the two. Yeah, I think those are, those are hard, hardcore prerequisites prerequisites to change your name yeah yeah me like i never changed my name i I was just called wolf um, because of something yeah you know it it just kind of stuck you know traumatic events can do that to you so well let me plug that email real quick it's doswolfman88 at gmail.com doswolfman88 at gmail.com and uh real quick we got a show lined up for you tonight oh Um, yeah this is this is one i've been i've been wanting to dive into because texas is a big state everyone and those of you that live here you know what i'm talking about and there's i call it a special spot but there's a spot in texas that is notorious for just high strangeness oh yeah it's not a small spot it's actually it stretches out and again everything is not corralled into this spot delineated borders or nothing there's stuff that spills out into the surrounding areas but the hot spot that we're talking about is the devil's backbone. Dude, I have heard so much. Now, as far as devil's backbone is concerned, you know, we had uh, years ago, we had that gentleman, Bert M. Wall. He was a he was an author, wrote, you know, some books on this stuff. And for me, I was never aware that he was a writer. The only time I really got a lot of, a taste of his his his, his writings was when I watched Unsolved Mysteries back in the day, the original oh, ones. Yeah. Hell, man, it was I, great. I believe, I believe it was 1996. My, yeah, 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 it was around that time. Yeah. And I'll just tell you this. As soon as I saw that episode, I was like, holy moly. You know, I'm thinking to myself, is this real? Is Oh, my God. But as far as that's concerned, you know, you, you've got all kinds of different stories. Grew, uh, let me tell you, I grew up not far from the Devil's Backbone. I'm, I'm we're about 26 miles, I think. Yeah. And so... I, I, I've known these stories about the backbone for a long time. There's a guy I used to work with way back in the 90s, and he, his great uncle, and his grandfather and his great uncle both were from that area, and they lived out in that area. And so they had stories, and when I'd work long shifts with this guy, because I, I used to work, uh, <laughs> I used to do security <laughs> in the housing projects here in Austin. That was my job. Now, the way that worked was, we were like their first response, like somebody had an issue going on and we would deal with it. And then we had park cops ah, in, in, in that man. block that where there, there were three complexes that we did. Right. And then that way, because the regular police had so much stuff that they had to do. So we walked around with a dog and with oh. guns. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> that yeah, was, that was serious, commission man. security That's officer. Serious. Yeah, basically. And. So yeah, and and you dealt with you're technically security, but you're you're they they called us the popos, but we'll just say <laughs> that we'll, we'll leave it at that. It was 
So so I had that job for a while, and and the the, the park across the street that that's where the park cops hung out, but they didn't do anything but watch for people going over there and shooting up. Wow. That's... So yeah, back in the nineties. <laughs> so it, it was it was a little rough area in East East Austin, and so I had this partner, and and we'd work liberty long shifts, you know where. Nothing would happen, you know. Not, the crime's not like it's not like L.A. It's not like all the time somebody's right, but they're throwing somebody off happen. a balcony or anything. So yeah. when we're, nothing's going on, and uh, we'd hang out there and we'd go. just be watching, you know, the properties and doing our rounds. And he was the first one that got to talking to me about that area. Really? Yeah, That's... and told me, hey, you know what? Go back. There's an unsolved mysteries episode about a and a guy wrote a, wrote some books about it. Right. Well, <clears throat> those books are are, are uh, Sitting right here on the li- desk. Literally, yeah. It's called Ghostly Chills, The Devil's Backbone. That's you can get them on Amazon. Them. They're not real big books, but they're pretty informative. Um, the guy's name is Burt Wall. Like I said, he's he's deceased now. He wrote a book called The Long Gray Tunnel about him having a stroke Yeah, and like what he went through. P- pretty interesting. Really good author. I, I like the guy. Uh, like I said, he just collected some stories. Just much to, what, just, much like what happened to you, right? Well, yeah, and he wrote them down. He wanted to, to have them there for for you know future generations to read, to know those legends and stuff about that area. And so now, though, let me just tell you, tell you what's going on now. Oh, now it's it's almost become kind of like touristy. Yeah, that's the say. unfortunate thing. A lot of houses have, have built up out there now. The urban sprawl. And, and, and but that there's still a lot of open space, but there was an area called Little Arkansas, if I, if I remember Ooh, correctly. I, this is interesting. I've never heard about that. Well, Little Arkansas was like a place where a lot of the college kids from from Texas state would go out there and they could run around and drink and have a good time and stuff. Oh, yeah. and believe me, I've had my share of parties. <laughs> believe me. I, In I, your I younger have, days? Yeah, I've had three uh, three ex-girlfriends and a, and a couple flings from that 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 college there. So, yeah. What do you um, do when you're a young man? Hey. Well, let me tell you, that that was the whole... Young I mean, single man, you know, of course. Young and single back in the day, yeah. yeah. And so I spent some time out in Devil's Backbone, um, that's the eastern corridor, the one that's closer to the college, and it's yes. a beautiful drive, people. Let me tell you, if you want to go out there and check it out, it's a beautiful place. The scenic overlook, it is, it's really, yeah, really it beautiful. it has its own. There's canyons. They call them- uh, has its own ambiance. They're, they're canyons. I can't remember the name of the, the canyons, what they're called. They have a name for them, but anyways, uh, Apache and Comanche Indians lived out there. There were years of uh, warfare- it's that went gonna... on between the Apaches and the Comanches before the white man ever even showed up. Um, the Spaniards went went through there on their quest for yeah, quest and gold. Yeah, it's 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 historically documented that the Spaniards, when you know they owned Mexico, had a tough time settling what is today Texas. All this yeah, region, Tejas was not hospitable. There, there wasn't to... a whole lot here. <laughs> they they didn't they didn't have uh, <clears throat> the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. Aren't resources that they could really utilize at that time? No, it so was like, rough what country. do we do with this uh, land? Yeah, we can't do a whole lot. The Comanches were just so violent. Yes, it's funny because everyone always says the Apaches, the Apaches, the Apaches. No, well, the Comanches, the Comanches were, were kind of the, yeah. the they were the lords of the plains. And let me tell you something: the Apaches, they still have kind of like a. a I, I've ran into some people that are considered Apache, but they don't call themselves Apache. Because that term was actually a derogatory term that the Comanches Ooh. 
used to call them. Oh. That was the, that was something that they made up. That's like my enemy. Basically. Uh, okay. And then the white man comes along, and they're and the Spaniards and whoever, and they're like, oh, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So they they gave them that that name, and they turned it into their Spanish version of it, which was Apache. Mm-hmm. So what ended up uh, the happening was there were, there were a lot of natives that were in that region, and they've they, there have been uh, archaeological finds out there of intertribal warfare that oh, had gone yeah. on for a long time. The, the Comanches worked hard on exterminating the Apaches from that region. Uh, and so, yeah, and so you got this whole history of bloody history out there of these, uh, I think it's, they're called the Arroyo Canyons is what they call them. I, I don't, uh, you're I don't probably know. right. I mean, folks can look it up on the internet. And, and I mean, it's just, I'm anxious to hear your stories because, I mean, Burt Wall did all the stories that he well, got. Well, you know what, know it's going to be a stories. long, I'm going to tell you. This I'll, could potentially I'll start with lead. my buddy's stories back before I ever even set foot out there. Oh wow! And then we can get into some some of Burt Wall's uh, stuff, and then the legends, the myths, and we'll we'll talk about the uh, uh, an area called Snake Trail. Uh, I believe it's called the Haunted Valley. There's an area called Haunted Ranch. Um, I know there's Purgatory Road. Oh. And now and now there's like all these ghost tours you can take out there. Yeah, and, well, and they'll take you in. And uh, folks, I'll take you on a ghost tour. And I'm not going to charge you a thousand dollars. I'll charge you nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents, <laughs> and then we'll go out there and I'll see if you're scared or not. And if you're not, well, you know what? We'll just drive really fast and I'll let you jump out and we'll see if that's scared. I'm just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> it has its own feel out there. When you start driving around out there at night, it has its own feel. And- it sure does. Now I've had, I've actually had a couple dogman stories that I've saved up from that associated from, from absolutely. That area? Oh, I've got wow. uh, one. Let's see, maybe two or three Bigfoot sightings. Two dogman stories for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. And then I got, I think that my ghost stories could probably stretch into a volume. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, like I've told people before, I love to get people's stories. And so I pretty much, any human being I come in contact with, I'll eventually find out if something weird has ever happened to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you just walk up to them and ask them. <laughs> Which that's you're what standing you do. in line at the HEB and you're like, sir, has anything ever happened to you? They're like, leave me alone, weirdo. <laughs> the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me is you asking me if something weird happened to me. Oh. But, um, no, the, the thing is, the devil's backbone has always been intriguing to me because that whole region was is so beautiful and fun to go out to. At the same time, there's so many stories. Yeah, and so... I believe during World War II, they kept German POWs out there, too. And, and now the, the history now, people don't really like to think about how we, as the Allies, treated the Germans and the Japanese because everybody, they've been villainized so bad. And that's neither here nor there. But they were worked to death a lot. Well, of yeah, they, and, and World War II, we had a lot of uh, small camps, you know, established in the state because they bring a lot of those German POWs. Well, one thing there. people don't realize, and this is a little side side note, is that there were German-Americans who went back and fought for the fatherland because they believed in it, yeah. and Japanese-Americans did the same thing. There were some that did that as well. They yeah. absolutely did. There were Americans that encountered um, Japanese that spoke perfect English, and they were like, where did you learn that? And they're like, uh, Brooklyn. You no, know? Something like that. <laughs> they're like, right? yeah, I learned that in or Seattle. Or I grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Something and the, like the Germans, yeah. and they encountered them. 
and they would be like, where are you from? And they're like, Indiana. You know, <laughs> they're like, like wow, you can't, you know. But I'll tell you what, the... the um, but who knows? The, the Yeah, who knows? The, the thing, we're getting off track, but that, that just something I want to throw out there, a little tidbit of history. One thing I wanted to touch on, though, about the history of this is one of my favorite stories going back in time is that, and I read this on, in, in an article, and I can't remember, like, I couldn't find the article, but I remember... Somebody had wrote an article about, and and, and so I, there was a book that I went and I, I read part of this, and I don't want to say the name because I, I need to go back and reread to make sure that that's correct. But the legend is that, and like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I guess, how do you say preface this? Is that the yeah, right word you yeah, say? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a legend, but it's a very well known legend. Yes, and the Confederate treasury when the when when the Confederacy was falling. As the the war was ending, the Confederates were losing. They started to get all the money that they could, the gold, the gold that they yeah. had, because they had France and Britain were their biggest uh, buyers of cotton. Yes, and they would pay gold, and and so and and and, they, and then they would of course use the 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 cotton for whatever they they would they would for trade, for, yeah, and, and, they, and then they would turn around and then buy guns from. Spain, France, or whoever, whoever would sell, would sell them guns, yeah. you know. Yeah, you still had a lot of the diehards that that even though the Confederacy was falling. Well, Jefferson Davis, a lot of people believe that he had commissioned this mission for them to get it as far west as possible away from Union forces. Because Correct. if I remember correctly, my history, Sheridan, I think, was out, out here, but he was coming back further north uh, from New Mexico. <clears throat> and so they cut down into Texas. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, I know the history of Texas, and I'm going to tell you right now that where a lot of the, the Confederate renegades, the ones that didn't want to be found, give up the, the, the fight or whatever, they ended up in Texas. Now, there's a book called Gone to Texas, and it's a, it's a, it's about the outlaw Josie Wells, and uh, I believe it's a fiction, but it's based upon the, the, uh, the reality. person? Well, no, it's based upon a, the, a conglomeration. Now, how do you say it? Like a... Uh, like a, like a like a bunch of different people kind of like Correct. based on them. Uh-huh. And and so I believe that's that people might be like, "Oh no, it's real." But the the movie was was Clint Eastwood. And right. so what happened was when the Confederacy fell, a lot of the of the Confederates came to Texas and and they hid out here and and they were um, it was a big wide open area. It was friendly to the Confederacy. And so they were able to hide there was a lot of, of bad people here that the union did not want to deal with. There was uh, like uh, bandits, you know, the, uh, a lot of, a lot of Mexican bandits, the, the Comanches. Themselves. They were still around. They were the still Comanches. Around. Oh, they, they didn't go away for a while. Uh, the Civil War didn't just just put a hold on that for a little yeah. bit, not much. But the the Comanches were a big problem. The Apaches that were still here, and then of course um, there was. A lot of uh, Comancheros that were yes, friendly they, with the Comanches, yeah. you know, they were like bandits that would steal people and sell Trade them to the, to the Comanches. Yeah. The Comanches were always looking for slaves. Um, so there was still there was a big mess going on down here, and so a lot of outlaws rose up from that, and so a lot of them being ex-soldiers that fought, and then they didn't have anything else going on, so they became bounty hunters, soldiers of fortune outlaws all that good so all that th- good there stuff. are a lot of legends of them hiding out <laughs> in that backbone area oh and yeah so it was a good hi- it was a preferred hiding place for the, a lot of them absolutely knew it. the confederate treasury actually supposedly ended up 
down there. The, the 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 story or the myth is that Jefferson Davis said, "Look, the the days our days are numbered. The, the the Confederacy is about to fall, and so they tried to get the gold out so they could restart it up at a, at a different time. Correct. And so that they got as far as the Devil's Backbone area, and somewhere in the Devil's Backbone area, they buried the Confederate treasury, and that is the story that it is supposedly buried out. Now, that the thing is that leads into a story that I had." of uh Bert Wall tells the story there was a guy named uh Gentry I can't remember his first name if somebody could could tell me the the first name I I know that uh his his last name was Gentry and he he was on the episode of unsolved mysteries and so I know that he said that 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 he was at a bunkhouse on a ranch and that he in the middle of the night um he he, he was him and a couple other the cowboys were woken up and I think this happened like back in the eighties and he sat up, heard thundering hooves, like a bunch of, uh, uh, horses, you know, they go out, they open the door and from the moonlight, they can see a whole Lynn Gentry. That's his name. And they could see a whole, uh, squadron, uh, whatever you would call them. I don't know what well, you'd call company. them, a regiment, a company. I didn't, I didn't know how many there were, you know, they didn't state a number. They didn't state a number. And I don't even know what they called the cavalry back in those days. I can't think off the top of my head. But it's probably a regiment. A regiment, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they were Confederates. And he said he saw the Confederate flag uh, flying with one of them and that they, they that a lot of them made eye contact uh, from what I've been told or read. And that, that him and a couple of the other cowboys, the ranch hands, saw them just thundering through. And, of course, the, the Confederacy never did rise again. But that was – their plan was to try to restart it at a different time. And they, and that, so they buried that gold and then the federal government came down pretty quick, uh, to Texas. And then it was just ongoing skirmishes for the next 30 years, which was really, when you think about it, it, it wasn't official like battles, but it was the federal government of... trying to get Texans under control. And believe me, folks, I know the history of my state. I, I've studied it in, inside and out. And there was this, even up until Prohibition, there were battles between the federal government and the and, Texans because yeah. the Texans were not going to just say, okay, we're going to be a party with what you got going on. It took a while, yeah. and and it took a lot of uh, of the federal government just sending more and more and more people down here. You know, it wasn't about slavery. You know, slavery ended, whatever. But after the Civil th War, this was just this was just bad blood, and a lot of Confederates that had fought and and their families had died and been destroyed. They came to Texas, and that's what that that whole uh, story had gone to Texas. But anyway, that's interesting. So the Confederate treasury is supposedly buried out there. People have seen these ghosts, Confederate soldier ghosts. Wow! That's, I have that's... a friend now, and now over the years, I have collected many stories, and I'm talking many stories of 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 that area. People that have seen, yeah. And I'll I'll get into that one. I'll tell you another one. I got a, a friend, ex girlfriend of mine, that her neighbor. Ah. And she said, you know what? He's got a ghost story. It's pretty cool because she knows I like to listen to ghost stories back then. She, you know. So I talked to this guy and he said, well, let me put you in touch with my dad. Okay. So one day we're out there and we're having a little get together and his dad drops by and oh, okay. old guy, but what he was a really, stroke of luck. really cool. Wasn't knowing a stroke of luck. He called him. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, so, so he, he comes by and, and he, he starts talking. I'm thinking like everybody in their early twenties here. And then this older guy shows up probably about our age. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, who's this older guy? 
And then he starts telling stories and everybody's just like, wow. So he told two or three really cool stories. And I remember one in particular was about him going out there hiking with uh, his, was soon to be his wife. And they see, they hear voices and they come around the bend and he didn't tell me, they, I, I don't remember exact location at the backbone where this was at, but he said that he saw two guys that looked like they were digging a hole, like they had been digging something. And he said that they were talking and, they, you know, and that they looked like Confederate soldiers. They were dressed like the Confederate soldiers and they just kind of stopped and they looked at them and they looked at his wife and they were just kind of looking at each other. And, but it didn't look like, like he said, he didn't see them actually digging. He just saw them like kind of spreading dirt, you know, with their feet, like they had been doing something and they looked at each other and they kind of looked at them. And, and then he said that they just kind of like turned, they went around the bend further up ahead from where they were at and when they got to that that turn they were gone wow so and and he was just like wow he goes what where did they go and were those reenactors or what you know like what what's going on why are there two confederate soldiers just hanging out out here and they they never could explain it so they appeared to them like you like i'm looking at you right now that's the way i gathered it yeah oh wow that that would be freaky (laughs) well i'll tell you what it's freaky but it's it's even more disturbing that that it was just like they saw them. They, a lot of times yeah, people they, have yeah. a ghost encounter and the ghosts won't notice them, but these ghosts out there seem to be like cognizant of these other of these people. You know, they're not just floating around not noticing. You yeah, know, it makes you wonder. Makes you wonder that is the devil backbone. You know, at an intersecting point in the in the ley lines. You know that everybody talks about that are mentioned. I mean, because there were you know in those where those ley lines intersect supposedly according to all the people that study it yep. and everything i don't claim to be an expert but they claim that the um you know the fabric of space and time is so thin there that you can you can sit there and and just look and see these anomalies and so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that you know the gentleman said that he him and his future wife saw that and they looked just as real i mean space and time and you know the fabric being very very thin that's yeah i don't i don't discount that i think there's a lot of truth in that in the fact that you know you could be in one place and then the past could be playing right there beside you and then in in places like this you just see those guys or in their case they saw those guys that 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 puts a whole interesting spin you know, as people say, truth is stranger than fiction. And this is obviously very, very strange. Now, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about, as far as the, the supposed Confederate treasury moved and buried out there, I wouldn't discount that either because it makes sense. Like you said, this the people of Texas, especially this area and Knowing that place was was if you didn't know your way around, you could easily get lost. You could lose very people. easily. And, and now, folks, this place is very public. I mean, it's like, but there's a lot of private land, so um, you can go out there and drive around, but you can't just go onto people's property. And there's a lot of privately owned land out there, mm-hmm. and people don't want you hanging out out there and doing whatever you want to do on their property. Now, <laughs> on that note, there's a, there's another. Uh, we're going to jump to to the Spaniards, the story of them. They were oh, back yeah. before all this, before yeah. the Confederacy. So, yeah, I think Spain, when they owned Mexico, when Mexico was New Spain, you know, they spent easily over 100, 200 years. Not until the Texas settlers were start 
were, were, were taken down there by Colonel Travis. They were taken down there and start to settle because the Spanish, it's it's documented historically, they had a tough time. Now, Colonel Travis died in the Alamo. He was he was not. He no, didn't. no, no. Oh, gosh. Stephen F. Stephen Austin. Stephen F. Austin. There I'm you thinking. Go. I'm thinking. The father of Texas. Yeah. Yes, Stephen I'm, F. Austin. I get, I get my names mixed up. I'm sorry about that. Of course, our Constitution was, was written in, in, in whatever, um in at Brazos County, in Washington, uh, Washington County. Yeah. Washington on the Brazos, it was called, and that's right outside of Brenham, folks. Yeah, that's There's in that a state area. park there, real nice uh, yes. state park you can go to. But uh, going back to what I was saying, I'm sorry about the name, the mix-up. Thanks but, for correcting me, brother. That's all met when mm-hmm. up was it in, at that spot. But but the, not but not in the Devil's Back, but that's a different place. But yeah. what you were saying, though. That, that the Spaniards have historically, they had a tough time settling this area and bringing their people up from the south to settle the Texas region. There's a there's a place out near Menard, Texas, and all Menard, you will find oh yeah. you'll find is ruins, and it's called Mission San Saba. It was a mission that was set up, and they had it going. You know, when the Spanish were trying to colonize Texas and and, and get more people up here, you know, they were set up, and then they left, and then when they came back around again, the whole place was gone, deserted, kind of like a Roanoke Island thing that mm-hmm. happened with the people at Roanoke. Yeah, Island. that happened a lot, and and I think that what happened was they got they got sick of being in the middle of nowhere. Plus Surround, the surrounded by uh, Comanches and Dogman, and they just left. <laughs> hey, the Bigfoot came and said, "Come, we know another way." I to wouldn't eat discount you. those two. Hey, people may think <clears throat> it's you, crazy. Have you been to Goliad? No, I have not been to oh, Goliad. You proper. got you got to stop messing around and go out there. It is it is the Alamo, folks. If you if you come to Texas, you're going to go to San Antonio, go to the Alamo. It's a lot of history, yada yada yada. But it's full of freaking people taking pictures. And it's the, right in the middle of town. I, I I got the unfortunate to be behind a group of foreign tourists that were just blah 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 blah. I knew nothing they were saying, but they were in my way the whole time. No. And that was like the last time I was there. I've been there a few times, and I did a ghost tour that we went through all that, you know. And yeah, San Antonio. But, but the problem be. with the ghost tour was that I knew everything the guy was talking about, and, yes. and it was I was getting annoyed with him talking because <laughs> I just wanted to, to, to just take in all the. All I felt the like scenery. saying, "Sir, you can have your thirty dollars back, and you just please be quiet so I can enjoy the history because you're <laughs> annoying me." But the people that I was with were enjoying it, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't complain. But oh yeah, there's it, a lot th- of that, that, that San Antonio though is is cool. All right, it's really nice, and it's close to the Devil's Backbone. Very close. It, the Devil's Backbone is in between tech, between Austin and San Antonio. Yes, but the, now Goliad. That when, when I go to Port Aransas, I'll take one eighty three. Yes, and I'll stop there. And when we went back in August of two thousand eighteen, uh, me and my nephews and my wife took a little vacation down there for a few days we went to port aransas it's a pretty nice they got nice beaches you can drive up on the beaches it's really cool oh that's great. so we went down there it's a neat little beach town a buddy of mine owns a bar down there oh wow. anybody ever goes down there check it out it's called treasure island it's pretty cool and so we um we went through there and we stopped in goliad and we went to the mission that's across the road they're almost across the street from each oh, other really? and then the goliad well now i'm gonna have to go now that you're uh, telling i don't this. remember the name of that that spot right there on the road where the, it's a little bitty spot but there's a mission now i did actually get a ghost story from someone who claimed something weird happened to them at that mission oh really and that was like a long time ago when when we were we were talking about it in in history class and and when i was doing some history class and this girl claimed that she went with her family and that her older sister they kind of got separated because you can uh-huh. wander around those missions and get. Oh, they of, actually let you do that. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow, that's nice. And so she got <clears throat> like separated, and there was what she thought was a tour guide. 
What? And it was a guy dressed as a monk, like a Spanish monk, and oh, he was wearing wow. these old-looking sandals. And she the was the robe, the whole nine yards. Yeah, she thought that he was like a tour guide because he he beckoned her to come with him. Mm-hmm. And so she and the folks. This is in the Devil's Backbone. This is in Goliad, but, but it's all it's all Texas. So and, and and it's the history of Texas. So she went with went toward this guy, and he turned and she started talking to him and saying, "Do you work here?" And she thought maybe he was. Uh, Playing the part or something. Playing the part or whatever, reenactor or whatever. And she followed him, and then he kind of got ahead of her and started walking really quickly, and she was trying to keep up. Mm -hmm. And she was, a, I believe, a teenager. And he turned the corner when they got outside one of the doors, and Uh and he was gone. Oh, And then right there outside was her family, and when she was looking, she was like, where did the, uh, you know... Did you see And they were like, we didn't see anybody. There was nobody there. So... She kind of got turned around a little bit. It wasn't like it, it was like she was lost. Oh, help me. Yeah. You know, she was just kind of wandering around and she was like, where's my family at? You know, and she kind of was thinking that. And then this guy just appeared and kind of led her to That's him. interesting. Yeah. And so that, that story was like, and I guess she was like a young teenager. And the girl that told me it was her sister that it happened to. Wow. And of course, th- she said that, that this happened when she was a little girl. So, yeah, it was it was a long time ago, but. That settlement is very old. The church is pretty neat. You can go in there, and then there's the 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 place where uh, in Goliad, where the Texans fought a battle and they died at Goliad. Um, Hundred and oh, yeah, something they were men or something. I can't. I got. I gotta remember like how many it was that actually died there. But it was it was a bigger battle than the Alamo. But the yes, Alamo it was. gets a lot of. Um, fame about that well you know they had davy crockett there well no Jim what happened Dewey. was they had john wayne and his, and his well yeah the movie the just... biggest davy crockett ever i i was so disappointed <laughs> I, I saw that and i was like why is he davy crockett because he's john wayne yeah but davy crockett was a tall skinny guy yeah, but he's, this, this but, is but a big he's, old fat man that's what but I he's john wayne yeah okay well john wayne himself was like I'm, six you know five. what i don't care about him i yeah. I, I, I i'm a clint eastwood guy uh, i like clint eastwood too yeah. They just don't make them like that anymore. Well, epic rap battles. Clint Eastwood went toe to toe with Bruce Will, Bruce uh, Lee. Oh, how did he do? He, I think he won. All right. Well, <laughs> anyways, in all seriousness, folks, Texas got so much high strangeness. But getting a lot back of history, yeah. And, just and I'd like history. to, at a, at a future date, come back to some of these stories that we have for um, for those for outside those, of the devil's backbone outside of the devil's backbone there's a lot of strange stuff about port aransas in that area where oh, we were yeah, yeah there's, there's a, a lot, lot of uh, but you know since you were mentioning that that little girl's story when you were on the way down there the monk i think there's also been reports in the devil's backbone, devil's of, backbone seeing monks. of a monk yeah, now the arthur burt wall yeah claims to have seen a spanish monk spanish or, monk that he that appeared to him to him he didn't it, get a story from anybody? No, it actually appeared to him. Oh, wow. I, I thought this, you said that you saw the Unsolved Mysteries. Did, Once again, ladies forever. and gentlemen, we have caught Armando in a lie. Okay, just because I don't what go back and we, watch what a web and we rewatch leave. an episode from 1996, <laughs> you know, which is well over. Oh, what, my gosh. You know what? Just because you years? went to war for all those years, you should have remembered that episode. All right? I'm, you know I'm losing, what? I'm losing my mind. War does not make you forget Robert Stack and Burt Wall. All right? You know what? I don't want to hear this. Oh, no. I'm dead to you. Is that what you're saying? You're dead to me. The rest oh, of this interview, God, we'll just. We, I don't hear you. You don't hear me. No, we just. You should scrap the whole thing. We just right? scrap it right now. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, the devil's backbone, ladies and gentlemen, it has got a lot of high strength. Espinosa was the uh, the name, but uh, you know, I, I've heard that name, but I think also 
Espinosa, doesn't that mean like the back or something? That I don't know if that's Espinosa, Espina, Espina, yeah, Espina that, is, is. But the name would be something akin to that because I know yeah. that's it's uh, Diablo Espinosa. You know, would be the name of the. But the monk, I heard that the monk well, his name was Espinosa. Oh, okay. But I don't know that he was called Spiny Devil. That's what it means. Yeah. Uh, but he was he. That wasn't his name. That is what he was called. Yeah, because he was supposedly a very he was very mean, and uh, he tried to enact a program of almost like taxation upon the natives, and like like making them give him like 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 farm and things and give them the right. And, I and mean, even just the Spanish, the running, Spanish, yeah, running on running the game on him and just doing what he wanted. It was, it was pretty much that. I mean, that's that's historically proven in Mexican history that the you know the the. Hacendados, all the all the ones that were in charge of the haciendas and owned them, they did what they wanted to to the to the local natives. The land and everything. barons, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this this situation, from what I read, was like he was a very mean person, and that he was a very he was very skinny, and he was very mean, and that he treated the the locals very horribly, and that even the soldiers that had to, because a lot of times the soldiers would have to kind of answer to not only their commander, but the top monk or whoever was in charge. And as him being in charge of the mission there, oh yeah, he was very brutal. And supposedly the, the soldiers did not like him. He had a lot of ambition to expand. Oh, he and wanted so, to get rich, even though he's not supposed yeah, to do that and, way, and, and, well, because he's a well, monk. You know, you know what? We're talking about institutions that have had some history. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a I whole I tell you what, you know, when someone that. says priest, rabbi, imam, whatever, I'm like, yeah, okay, dude. I have my own personal relationship with God. I don't need to go through you to do that. Yes. So what? But that's me. You know, that's me. And everybody has their own opinion, belief. I have a family that's that's divided between uh, different different factions of Christianity. So yeah. So it's anyways all the, the 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 Catholics, whatever Lutheran, whatever you are. But this guy apparently he was, he was very Catholic. he was Catholic, but he was very ambitious and he and he was hungry for you know for power. He wanted yeah, and he and wanted money. to expand. And so he 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 kept trying to get more and more soldiers out there oh. to uh, to uh, push you know into right. being more you know. Plus, they could protect him even better. You know, he well that way he could bully the uh, the Indians the locals, because what yeah. ha- what happened was in that region there was a a group of of Comanche that were very nonconformist, and so the Apaches in that region had been pushed to the brink of you know obliteration so they they had no choice but to but to seek refuge in these missions with the spaniards and so espinoza was one of those that was like well you can stay here and do what we tell you or you can go and take your chances with the comanches right he's like at least here it's fortified and we can protect you because we have guns and cannons and you know lancers and the spaniards actually it's kind of funny the only group of of and I've read a lot about the Comanches. My my mm-hmm. my mother's side is actually I'm actually my great grandmother's full blooded. Ah, so actually I am like a quarter Comanche. I guess it would be an eighth. Would I be an eighth great grandmother? Mm-hmm. So um, she, she she's a full blooded Native American. But the thing is about the Comanches, they have a very 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 good track record when it came to warfare <laughs> they had been kicking a lot of butt and i mean th- that for, they, years. for years and so they had dominated the the whole region it was called comancheria if you looked at yeah. a map up to like the 1890s it was called comancheria and if you went through comancheria 
you might run into a Comanche, but you might not. And then just the, the playing the odds that you did, if you did run into them, you were going to mm. be in trouble. Because if you were not a Comanche, you were considered, uh, you know, Apache. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you could have been Chinese. You could have been uh, anything but. Anything you know. but. And there were stories of them actually attacking Chinese railroad workers and taking their quay, you know, mm-hmm. the, the hair. Yeah. And they would, they like to kill. Well, the, you know, African the whole deal Americans was. because they had they liked their hair, they, they would do things like that. Now they weren't they weren't the get along gang. I'm telling you, they were rough bad people, and they loved to kill the Tejanos and, yeah. and they loved to kill the 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 Mexicans. They were very brutal. So Espinosa knew this, and he was like, you know what, you you, you want to die, then you stay out there. If you come in here, you do what we say, and they yeah. basically turned the uh, Apaches into slaves. But the Spanish, the Spaniard hierarchy eventually got tired of him, and he ended up being, you know, moved out, of excommunicated, there. or whatever. Oh, yeah. But supposedly he never left. To uh, this day, there are people that see Espinosa. Really? Did he die yeah. there, or they? they well, as far not? as the records go, that they, they, they just they, the heat was excommunicated. Oh, and that's all we really know. So we don't know if he was sent out there to be eaten by the Comanches, and the, well, the Comanches didn't eat people, but. but be killed, but, but but killed and probably hor- in a horrible way because they were masters of of torture. <laughs> yeah, they too. loved to torture people, and and so, yeah. So Espinosa was sent packing or whatever, or he was sent out into the woods or whatever, and he was the, eaten uh, by a dog man. It's hard to tell. And then the Comanches stuck his head on a pike. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, he was a very unpleasant man, and so people still see him to this day. And and so here's a story that Burt Wall he was typing. On his computer, yes. on his computer, he didn't have a computer. Uh, sorry, typewriter. A typewriter. Yes, this was this would have been a long time ago. Uh, so he was typing on his typewriter, and he just see he hears footsteps on the porch, and he sees this uh, image uh, on the porch, and he yeah. looks closer and he sees that it is a Spanish monk, oh, and it's wow. just sitting there staring at him through the window. And he said he stared at it for several seconds, and then it just kind of, it was gone. Wow. And I have actually had that happen before. That would have gave like, me chills just seeing that. That's crazy, I say I've man. had that happen. I haven't had it happen to me, but I'm saying I've actually had people tell me that story. And I have another one uh, uh, very similar of that. There's an overlook there that you can go to, and that these people drove up on, this is a, this is a, a, a story here. These people drove up on the overlook. They see a man there by himself. It's dark. There's yeah. no other vehicles. It's just a, a man and his 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 amor. Oh, amore is that how they say? Amore, amore, amor, amore. It's just him and his love, and they get out. <clears throat> and of course, there's a man that's just sitting there on one of the benches, and he's just staring out over the over the. He's overlooking the the yeah the beautiful breathtaking scenery of the hill country. Yeah. I like to get some pictures and put them up on our on our yeah. deal here, but. <clears throat> one of the things that, that that they noticed was he was dressed in kind of an old, tattered brown robe, That's and they were like, "Why is this guy dressed like that?" So they go up there and they and they and they start to 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 kind of just talk to him, and they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he turns and he speaks to them in Spanish. Now the people that told me the story did not speak Spanish. Oh, <clears throat> but when they tried to communicate with the guy, he looked very forlorn. My words. And that he looked kind of, uh, I guess, crestfallen is the word, you know, or distraught, distraught, was... but just kind of depressed. And yeah. that he was very kind of sad looking, and that he was plucking uh, petals off of a little, a small, uh, little like flower. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now I know in Texas we got these little like wild flowers got, that grow. Yeah, they, we got grow desert everywhere. poppies. We got you know. blue bonnets, whatever. So he said that he was holding a little flower and he was kind of just messing with it, and that 
he was staring off over the over the Arroyo Canyons, and then he kind of sat up and he sighed, and then he just took off walking. And they they just kind of lost track of him. They were just talking, talking, and then they said that when he got toward the end of the of the where you're exiting to go to the road, Correct. that uh-huh. he just vanished. Oh wow! So they watched him leave, and as he neared the edge of the road, just poof. Very yeah, just disappeared. Wow. I okay. Very 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 sad. Uh, they said they got a very sad feeling about him. Oh really? Yeah. That's and so that that they were kind of like, whoa, that was crazy. So then they take off and 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 go. You know, whatever. They they leave because that, that would disturb me. Out. So totally they told that out. story, and now I got in touch with them because of a friend of mine that used to go to school there. Yeah, and his dorm mate or whatever had said because because you know I used to collect these stories. Like I said, and when I watched that episode of Unsolved Mysteries, I went like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out about this. You know, yeah. I want to know. And so I, I just got all into it. I read Burt Wall's books years ago. It's been years and years ago since I read his books, but I remember a lot of these stories. And uh, so, anyway, that's that's the, the Spanish monk they, they, that's known as Espinosa. That's, you know, the the whole deal with that Spanish monk. I can only imagine the people who walked up to this 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 guy that was an apparition and spoke with him and and then watched him walk away and then just poof disappear. Dude, just think about that. Gives me chills. That that that's freaky. <laughs> that's all. I, wow. Gosh. So. What else you got, man? I know because there's tons of stuff. I mean, Burt Wall wrote his books. Yeah, the, there, there's a lot of other stuff that I, I mentioned on another episode, a previous episode, that there was goats. I mean, a goat type entity that had actually attacked and killed cattle. Oh, and that's in his book. Now, the way I read it in the book was that it was just a goat, but I'm pretty sure that there was a goat man element to it. And I'm adding that because I know at least one other person that claims that there is a legend of a goat man off of purgatory road. Now, since our first episode folks about the goat man, it's funny because I end up getting messaged from three other people almost immediately, you know, and two of which I know personally that were like, Oh, you forgot about the goat man of blah, blah, blah. Well, Maynard, Texas, right outside of Austin, has yeah. a legend out out there about the goat about a goat man, and a couple of my friends that live out in that corridor. They told me, yeah, there is a story about the goat man. I just didn't talk about it on the show. And there also is a legend, a story of a goat man out in out the devil's path. Now I have two yeah. people that one of them, uh, Scorpion, used to work with, Ooh, and, and Scorpion, you know, yeah. from a previous episode, came on. Who's about the house. Um, Scorpion worked with this guy who lived out there in the devil's backbone and had lived out there all his life. And so he told me several stories and I used to go up there at night where they worked at and I would shoot the breeze with this guy and just listen to his crazy stories because I hadn't worked with a guy, um, years ago who lived out in the, yes. the devil's backbone and when he, and because he would go out there regularly because his his great uncle and his grandfather had oh, they had a ranch out there. I don't know about a ranch. He just had property, definitely but, property. Okay, but they, but he lit, he he spent a lot of time out there. So these two individuals gave me several stories and leads. Yeah, one of the stories I got out there and focused on some of the things that had gone on around this guy's property. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the guy that I worked with first. He had said that there was a lot of uh, apparitions that people would see. 
typically Native American looking apparitions. Whoa, that's a little, that's a little freaky, man. Well, um, they he would they would see Native Americans like around their property, like just like literally his him and his little sister were playing. This was his personal encounter. The grandmother would still hang the clothes up. On you the know, clothesline? On the clothesline, yeah. yeah. I and grew when up they'd with go that. out there in the summertime in particular, they spent time out there. Yes. And that one day he that they saw somebody walk in between the the clothes, the, the sheets that were hung up wow. out there. And uh yeah, so th- I guess they, they they saw the shadow of this thing go between the, the, the sheets. sheets and all that yeah. stuff. That His grandmother had hung up sheets apparently and he said that they saw like a man, and then they saw like him go in between the sheets. He's just like walking along, and I asked him to describe it. Now he said, of course, his little sister I think was four or five, right? But at, at the time he told me this story, he said that he remembered it vividly. Oh, and he said that they saw the man go, but he looked just like an Indian, like a Native American Indian. He was wearing like he had no shirt, right? Know? And he had like Native American leggings, I guess. Right, the whole, yeah, the, the leather leggings and stuff, it. yeah. And he said that the guy just when where he should have come out the other side between the the two clotheslines, yeah, it was nothing. Oh, like it just he disappeared like poof, you know. And then he said that that happened a few times. Like one day they they were playing near the tree line and they felt like something hit him in the back of the head, not hard. He just felt like a kind of like a you know, tap or something. No, uh, he said it was like something hit him, like through like something was thrown. Oh, okay, you know? got it. And that. He turned around and he didn't see anything. And then him and his little sister were kept playing or whatever with the other kid. I guess it was her cousin. And they were running around. And whenever they would come to a standstill, something would bounce off his shoulder. And he would look. And, and he didn't know if it was like a small rock. Then he started noticing there were a bunch of acorns. And he said that that he turned and he started staring into the woods. Like, what is the, like somebody's throwing acorns at me. And he sees what he described as an old Native American man just sitting there kind of smiling at him and his sister oh. and the cousin. And they all three just kind of stared at him and he waved and they waved back. And then he just got up and kind of walked away from them and then just kind of vanished. Oh. Yeah. And so and then another one was he said that there was a like a Native American spirit that looked like a female and that it was outside talking to his little sister one day. And there was like a swing set that his grandfather had built. And that they were both sitting on the swing set together. And the mother was like, who is that out there with, you know. The little sister. Yeah. And so he goes out there, him and his mom, and when they they run around to to the door and get out there, they saw the swing set, like the swing just kind of moving, but there Mm -hmm. was nobody there. And the little girl was like, that's my friend. And she gave some kind of weird name. Uh-huh. And they were like, where did she go? And she says, oh, she vanishes when you, when, when, you when know, all come around. When you guys come around. Basically, it's like. And so that particular spirit was like a te- He said it looked like a teenage native Young, girl. Younger teenager or older teenager? Dude, I don't know. I didn't ask. Like, <laughs> did, When did this person reach puberty? We need to know this. I don't know. I could not possibly tell you if it was an older teenager. Right. He just told me it was a teenage girl that it was like, you know, an, like that was it. You know, it was a teenage Native American looking girl. He said that once or twice he heard like what he thought were like someone walking in the house, like sliding their feet, kind of yeah. like not picking up their feet. And <clears throat> he did. Now, this same guy did tell me that him and his friend one day were near a creek b- bottom and that they were shooting uh 
you know, you know of course most kids now that at that age would be shooting bb guns but this is the devil's backbone and folks this Country is texas people. this is the lone star state we're shooting guns at eight okay <laughs> at a young i'm age. talking like real guns i had a bb gun and that was fun and cool until i started shooting a 22 and a yeah. 410 and yeah, when my dad would fun. go to work yeah and, and if dad if you listen i'm sorry but i would get into your rifles and i would shoot up everything <laughs> and then he would tell me you can't shoot them unless i'm around but i didn't care <laughs> i'd go down with my friend keith bell and keith i know you're you, you're listening you're up there in fort worth you're you're a uh first and second right am- amendment right guy whatever anyway we go out and we tromp around all over the woods and we'd shoot up everything that moved i mean it was crazy <laughs> and 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 you know and th- there were no cops called i mean right. there were a few houses out there and they'd just be like oh it's just people shooting guns nobody freaks out and calls you know the police the yeah. police because you're shooting guns and so Anyway, he said him and his buddy were out shooting guns. Now, this is a Bigfoot story. Oh. Bigfoot story. So your eyes light up. Armando's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I like all the way right. this all shifts, yeah. So so anyways, we're, <laughs> we're over here. We're over here like we're, we're jumping around a little bit. But this is the same guy. He was telling me the story. This is Devil's Backbone. And he said that, that they heard like rocks clacking kind of noise. But like um, – I forgot the words he used. Like some, he heard like somebody was putting rocks on top of oh, other rocks. Oh, stacking them or something. Yeah, and and they they come across the creek and they see this furry looking hairy thing, and his friend was like, "What is that?" And then they they this thing turns and it looks at him, and it just he said it had almost like a uh, the face the way he described it like it had like a ridge on its where its eyebrows were. Uh huh. Very. Prominent. And then it had this flat, broad nose. And then it had these really weird looking lips. And I, and I asked him to describe that. And he said, I just, I can't really tell you. It just, he kind of pushed his lips out. Oh. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't, I'm like, and I'm like, okay, dude. I was like, you know, that doesn't tell me. <laughs> like, he goes, I don't know. He goes, it just had, and then he said it, it opened its mouth, but almost like it was smiling. And he said his friend was like, whoa, let's shoot it. And he like immediately points the gun at it. And he's like, No. He's like, you know, and he said, he goes, I told him no, and I grabbed the, 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 the rifle, and I put it down, you know, and he goes, we were probably about 10 years old. Oh, okay. And he said that the reason he was like, no, don't shoot it, because one, it was huge, okay, and then two, it didn't look aggressive. It looked like it was just minding its no, own business. No, it was business, just minding its own business, and it was it was making a rock pile. Oh. Yeah, so that was weird. So he said that they just kind of backed away, you know, and they turned and they ran back toward the, the house you know and he said that this was probably a couple couple miles away from his house and they just they ran, ran the whole way home they just ran the whole way home oh, and that was wow. his bigfoot encounter and then there was one other story that this this particular individual told me that one day he was out walking around the trails when he was a grown man and he said that this back had happened about 10, 10 years before the time yeah same property oh, cool about 10 years before he had met me, and he was walking with his uh, girlfriend at that time, who he was still with, I believe, when I was his friend, but when we worked together. And he said that they were walking along or whatever, and they heard, like, something uh, moving in the brush. And they look, and they see this uh, deer that's, like, stuck. Like, it's got its antlers, like, caught up in some uh, brush. Like, mm-hmm. it's trying to get, it's, it's struggling to get free. Right, and they said that that they look down the trail, and they see this this what looked like an Indian coming down the trail with a rope, and he was like, "This guy's not wearing a shirt. He just looks very out of place." And he said that he just stood there. They looked at each other, 
he was like, okay. And so they just kind of turned around and they walked the opposite direction. Right, they turned around. And, and the, the, the Native American looking individual just continued walking toward the deer with the rope. And he and I said, well, do you think it was a specter, like a ghost, you know? And he said, probably. He said it just didn't look right. Like he just, just he's like he just appeared. That's, that's so, and you know, that may or may not have been something, but he thought it was something. So he told yeah. me. And of course, you know, when you're working twelve hour shifts with people, you know, this guy, we were just he was ex military dude, but very very down to earth, and. The job, a lot of times, there's a lot of downtime, you know. So you get to talking and swapping stories, things yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get you get some downtime. There were some rough times where we had to, to, to do some stuff to people, but it wasn't the shield, you know, yeah. the show the shield. <laughs> I wasn't Michael Chiklis with the strike team out there. I was just, you know, there was a lot of just, hey, let's, let's you know, let's listen to a show on the radio yeah. or let's read or something and you do your thing, I do mine. But we would talk, you know, and so – up to that point in my life, I had done only a few things, and I told him about my dogman encounter. And did he believe you? Yeah, absolutely, he believed awesome. me because he grew up out in Devil's Backbone, <laughs> so he believed. And and that leads me into another one. He had said that there were people that had seen creatures like that out there, the Devil's Backbone. Now I do have two dogman stories from you from uh, from out there, and I got a couple more Bigfoot encounters, and mm. I got a couple other freaky deaky things from the Devil's from backbone. the Devil's All Backbone. Devil's yeah. backbone man. Looks but, like know, we're gonna have to do a second. We're episode gonna have to do another one, episode man. on this. Absolutely, and so. I don't know how much time we have here. I need to ask my. I think okay. we got a few minutes. We got a left. few minutes here, so. But yeah, let me let ask me, you a question. I okay, he about the, the Native American. Okay, he was walking out there as a grown man. He was out there walking, and he see him and the girlfriend, of course, sees this Native American just popped up on the trail in front of him, mm-hmm. and he said it didn't look right. Did he? Did, I, I guess what I, I want to get knows. a distance either, and and right. I don't know what he was going to do with that rope to get that. Maybe he was helping the deer, Who and knows? he was just going to yeah. rope it and then kill it. Maybe it was just a guy that looked very Native American and was just walking around with his shirt off and liked to dress that way. But they never, they never, they just turned, uh, so they just turned around and left. So they don't know how this particular Native American, whether it be apparition or, like I said earlier, you know, is the devil's backbone in the middle of ley lines where the, the, the fabric of space and time is so thin that Yeah, and stuff that, that's a whole other show because I know the ley lines, the Marfa lights All you know, stuff, out there yeah. way out in West Texas, and then they correspond to some lights in East Texas, if anybody can research that and let me know about that. Yeah. That's, and and, and the, 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 the latitude, I believe, they, they all correspond. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if this is in the middle of something. You know, I know there's yeah. a lot of limestone We're definitely out there. Have and to there's, research there's a cave that. out there. Yeah. I know that the Goatman story was that they that this thing was killing the cattle. They found it in a, in a cave, and they blasted it all to heck. And that brings to mind uh, Gary, who was a guest, Scorp- yeah, yeah. Scorpion, Scorpion yeah. as everybody knows had a guy that he worked with and that I would go and talk to, and he grew born and raised out there. You guys backbone. know this guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He was born and raised out there at the Devil's Backbone. In fact, my brother knows, and I know my nephew knows, that there was a guy that lived in our complex where we where we lived and in, in, in that apartment complex, and that he was roommates with that guy. Oh, and so okay. Yeah, and so, so for a couple of years he lived here, and we would talk to him sometimes, and he had a, he had some kind of cool stories that that guy would tell him too, oh, that's you know. But awesome. growing up out the Devil's Backbone is not like growing up somewhere else. I guess it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I guess. A lot of if, strange if stuff. Happens the people there. that live out there, though, they all a lot of them say, you know, that it is a haunted place, but they love it. You know, they love living out there, and and that tells me 
my my guys tell me we're about to wrap it up here. Uh, before I plug the email, I wanted to, uh, next episode. We're going to have to continue this, bro. We're going to get back into the Devil's Backbone. We're not done. We have a lot to explore. And I know you got more stories. The Devil's Backbone. And I believe you said that 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 the, that friend of you, 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 I can't even speak now, that friend of yours, you said that he had his own encounter with a goat yeah, man? Yeah, he had a goat man encounter, and it was pretty terrifying, yeah, that, that, that particular. He had lots of ghost stories to tell, Yeah, um, but the goat man encounter stuck out in my mind oh. as pretty, uh, and, oh. and I had told him, like I said before, I told him my yeah. dog man encounter, and he had heard of these things being out there too. That's, yeah, so. that's amazing, because I'll just tell you this much. The first time I heard the word goat man, I was in the military, out at a shooting range, out at night. I said this before. I think I mentioned it before in one of the episodes, but I just wanted to reiterate. I was left hanging with just the word goat man, and they said, and the most I got, a guy, one of the random soldiers says, yeah, they, they, they say they see the goat man out here, and then he left me hanging. I never heard Base anything. Fort Hood. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When I was stationed at Fort Hood. And it's a big base out there. And it's got a lot of woods out there that nobody goes out there and runs around in because it's a training area. So that's where where my interest in Goatman started. I didn't, I'd never pressed it over the years, but now that you got all these stories, now I'm going to, I'm definitely going to keep looking. What about you? You don't have any stories from the hood? From the hood? Tales from the hood? No, no, I don't have any any real tales other than training, you know? The training stories, well, well. Yeah, and, that, and those can get boring because a lot of it was, you know, the same well, old yeah, stuff. Yeah, believe me. And so uh, let me plug that email. It's doswolfman88 at gmail.com, doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send in your stories if you got any stories, and we'll uh, we'll talk. And yeah. if anybody wants to maybe – we're thinking about having some people come on as guests. Maybe yeah, we can talk. We're, work- and maybe we're, we're an, working that. We can that. set up an interview and maybe talk about something you want to talk about it in person. Yes. You know, just tell just tell we're easy going guys, easy to talk to, right? Oh yeah, we love to listen to your stories. You know, it's 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 just one of our things and I, I enjoy hearing people's encounters and their, you know, all these events that happen to them. It's just something I like to hear about. So we'll see you next time, same time, same place. All right. That sounds like a winner to me. Sounds like a winner. All right, good night, good evening, good day, wherever you're from, wherever you're, whatever time zone you're in, sign on. Y'all have a good night.